Hello, my name is Joseph Carlson, and my wife is here, Carla. Uh, and we call this episode Insert Scary Movie Night here. It's episode 75. Uh, but let's get into the intro first. Remember that this podcast hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com. Monday at 7 a.m. You can go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the episode. Or you can go to iTunes, like me there, subscribe there, all the stuff with iTunes, listen to it, give me stars. Uh, it's the Gaming with Grief, the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. Black background, smokiness, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and also, if you want to drop me a line, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. Drop me a line. Uh, if you don't want me to read it over the air, I won't. If uh, you do want me to read it over the air, um, I will. So, yeah, I'm calling this episode Insert Scary Movie Night here because it is the month of October. It is a spooky thing, and everybody's talking about spooky movies, but my wife and I watched a really spooky movie, and I know my podcast has to do with games, but uh, we watched a movie that had to do about grief, and we're going to talk about it now. It's from 2018 uh, by writer director Ari Aster, I think is how to pronounce his name, and it's called Hereditary. And boy, oh boy, was it spooky. And I think it did a good job of showing people grief-stricken. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like the focus. Um, we will be spoiling the movies, so spoilery talk is on right now at a minute and 35 uh, minute, you know, a minute and 35 seconds in, into the podcast. Remember, this is spoilery, so we are going to spoil the movie because we want to talk about grief. It kind of goes throughout the movie. It is a main theme, I think, in the movie. The director's pretty close-lipped about stuff. He doesn't really talk about his personal life, um, but he does use grief a lot in his movies. Uh, so, yeah, what did you think about Hereditary? I thought it was really well put together. Um, there was a lot of... Um mystery to it so obviously they didn't spell everything out for you which is always good in a horror movie right yeah mm -hmm. um it was very psychologically um scary right so i mean yeah it was really psychologically scary and it was also um it was uh like you said it was a good mystery and it uh i think it what I like about the movie, it was somewhat realistic in how a family deals with grief. You know, there's a funeral in the beginning mm -hmm. where the mother, the whole movie kicks off with the grandmother passing away. Uh, Tony Collette plays the mother, Annie, I believe her name is. And uh, she does a good job of, like, they show a funeral. You, sh you can see that she's estranged from her mother, mm -hmm. that she doesn't get along with her mother. Uh, she's the, you know, she says my, my mother had secret rituals and ceremonies like all of us. And she says, you know, I'm surprised at the turnout. Uh, and, uh, things start to build, I think from there, but she builds these, Annie is an artist that builds these dioramas of parts of her life and things like that. So everything's very cold, like that kind of distant, um, that distant way to look at something, you know, mm -hmm. to build it and look from it. Um, and there's a scene where she actually goes to group therapy, which mm -hmm. I liked that they actually showed somebody going to group therapy. And I know some people would think there is kind of an exposition dump in that where she just starts talking about her family and her father starved himself and her brother hung himself because mm -hmm. he said the mother was crazy. Um, and a lot of people, you could look at the scene and go, well, that's a lot of exposition that she just went through. But I think it's... I think she does actually want to open up because I, I think, think she does. Yeah, like in the beginning, I mean, we we go to therapy, so it's the idea 
they're kind of suspect in the beginning, but then you think to yourself, okay. I mean, I guess she's I the main this. person I feel sorry for. Yeah, and I think she feels that she's in a point. She's trying. Yeah, she's in a point, I think, with the group therapy that she feels like, okay, this is a place that I can open up with. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of believable. I mean, I, I think uh, I'm kind of thankful that they, I, I mean, I'm not a big proponent of group therapy, but I'm glad that they showed somebody actually going, well, I need help with this. Because usually it's like, it seems like the movies I've seen with grief, it's like they're required to go to a therapist or they require, like the court requires them to go to talk to somebody or whatever. They're kind of at the end of their rope. Mm-hmm. I like that she went herself, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. But she did lie to her family and just say she was like going to a movie or something. So instead of bringing their family along to be like, hey, let's talk about this, she went alone, which I think is bad. Um, and then there's a horrible thing that happens about 30 minutes in. Yeah, um, yeah it's a pretty quick horrible thing. Yeah, the daughter, Charlie, is young and she's grief-stricken. She's very close to the grandmother. Uh, she is just terribly distraught that her grandma died and doesn't know who's going to take care of her and her mom says well i will you know and she says what about happens when you die and um you know annie's or charlie is very strange she's builds projects and um literally cuts the heads off birds and builds them into weird things she does a weird clicking noise with her mouth which is very unsettling Mm -hmm. uh that'll come into play later she starts seeing light and things like that. And she uh, doesn't really talk to her family, stays alone. And then her older brother, uh, is his name Charlie? Anyway, the older brother uh, takes her to a party begrudgingly because he just doesn't want to. He wants to talk to a girl from school, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to talk to his family. He, his uh, mother makes her right. go with uh, him. You know, take your sister. Basically, hey, you need to do this thing to be involved in the life of your family. Kind of like you need to ask your sister, you guys need to do that. He takes her to the party and leaves his sister alone. Uh, we find out through the story that she has a nut allergy. She eats a cake that has nuts in it. Uh, and then he, she says she doesn't feel good. He takes her home. Uh, we see that there is a dead animal on the road. Uh, the sister sticks her head out the window to get air. And the brother swerves uh, to avoid the dead animal into a phone pole and decapitates his sister in a really horrifically terrible thing. Not expecting it. Yeah, not at all. That was... Not expecting it. You know, nobody really ruined the movie for me, but I remember before I saw it, somebody said, oh yeah, something really bad happens with a a phone pole. A phone, you know, a telephone Mm -hmm. pole. And it's a horror movie, so you think... I mean, that's reasonable to suspect that, but you don't know what, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, yeah, that was still very shocking. And he is in shock afterwards, and he actually leaves... Uh, her head there in the road. Which, yeah, which is shocking to me that he just went home and then went to bed. I mean, I really think at that point it's in, you're in shock. He's in such shock. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what... There is some talk online that maybe he put... Well, her body's in the car, but there's but they show her head on the road. So yeah, this is a little bit iffy in my brain, but it sounds like he just left the body in the car and went to bed. That's what it sounds like. To yeah, me. yeah. And so um, he wakes up to his mother screaming, which I think it was a pretty cool way of showing someone kind of breaking down from grief. Her husband, she's on the floor on her knees, just crying into the floor, and her husband is trying to comfort her, and she is saying she'd rather die, and just screaming in pain, billowing in pain. Which I thought, wow, that's 
I actually like things like that, I guess, in movies. Cause well, it seems it's it's a real, it would be a real reaction, yeah. I feel like, to something like that. Yeah, because in most movies, there's a funeral. Mm-hmm. And then everybody is sad, and maybe they cry a bit, and somebody makes them a meal. Yeah. And everybody's in black, and then it's always in someone's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, you know, I've been to funerals where you go to people's homes afterwards, but mostly... You do it at a church or something, and everybody just kind of says goodbye. So it seems like, I guess in a movie, it's easier to just say, hey, we're going to have it in this one location. Everybody's just going to grieve here. But there's always there's usually a scene where someone breaks down in a kitchen when they're alone. They're very quiet. Then someone interrupts them, and they say, I'm sorry, I'm on my way or something. And then they go back, and everything's fine. And I like this because she just completely breaks down. It's, it's, more, it's a more powerful scene, the way that was done. Right. And her son hears the wailing, which I think is even worse because yes. he knows what he's done. Yes. And uh, and then it gets real awkward real quick in the whole house. Sure does. Uh, because nobody talks to each other, which is, I think, realistic because they're not going to therapy together. Uh, Annie is still going to therapy, uh, the group therapy, and meets Joan, a woman there that approaches her mm-hmm. and says, I went through what you went through. My grandson and son died. They drowned, something like that. And I'm here to help. And Annie still says, I don't know, Joan. I don't really need help. Kind of tries to leave. But they actually end up having tea and things together. Uh, It shows a couple scenes of them having tea together. And then Annie opens up and says, I didn't even want to have, you know, my, my, um, I didn't really want to have my son. um, And I definitely didn't want to have my daughter. And but my my mother wanted to breastfeed my daughter, which is really strange. Which you actually see yeah. in one of the dioramas in the beginning, which is very odd. Yeah, you start you start learning more odd things. Right, about. but you, you come to find out that there is some kind of evil machinations going on. That uh, Annie finds a note from her her deceased mother that says, you know, we've made a lot of sacrifices, but it'll be worth it. And you come to find out that there is this. Um, I don't know if it's now or later. But uh, everybody's just kind of in a state of shock. Nobody's talking. And there's a great scene at the dinner table, I think, where they are awkwardly eating dinner. And I looked at uh, Carla and I said, you know, this is probably one of many of these. This has probably been going on for weeks and weeks, these awkward dinners where they have to sit there and not talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the husband seems to be like the most tragic person because he's trying to get through it. But he's not talking about it. But he's just trying to silently get through everything that's going on Mm -hmm. Uh, which I guess is really sad in itself Um, so they the mother and son have a massive fight uh, at one of the dinners where you know the son says just say it if you want to say something to me just just fucking say it and the mom gets up from the table and screams back at him and says don't curse at me and you know this is your fault literally and like we don't talk and I'll you know and and I'm the one that's blamed and, and all this stuff that it goes on and it it did feel like a scene that would take place in therapy if people were going to therapy. Um, I mean, I do blame the son for actually not picking up his sister's head, but he obviously was in shock. And uh, it gets really weird from here on out because um, Joan, the friend of Annie, the mother, uh, tells her that she can do a seance and she can talk to her daughter. Obviously, Annie doesn't believe her, but Joan takes her back to her apartment and shows her. Um, and a candle lights up and, uh, she 
Joan talks to her grandson and she says, Annie, you can do the same thing. Just light this candle and say this thing and you'll be able to talk to your daughter. So then Annie goes insane, mm-hmm. kind of, and begins doing this at home and wakes her son up and her husband and shows them that, yes, we can talk to our daughter. Please do this. Everybody thinks she's crazy there. And uh, she just doesn't understand why people don't understand that this is really her daughter. And then you find out kind of through Annie going through these machinations, she finds notes and photos from her mother that her mother was involved in a cult of Paymen, the god. He was a male god that would uh, bestow riches and blessings to people. Mm-hmm. But he preferred a male host. So you come to find out that the reason why it was orchestrated that the daughter would die is that Payman was in her body, but he was unhappy with um, her, the vessel, basically. Yeah, he wanted a, a, a boy. Right. So a they male. they killed the daughter so the, uh, the entity could get into the son. This is where really the last 30 minutes of the movie are like the most weird because yeah. the son wakes up and the mother is literally possessed. The father has been burned because Annie, the mother, tried to burn a journal that belonged to the cult that had some notes in it. And she told her husband, you have to burn the journal. I can't do it. He tries to burn the journal and he catches on fire and dies, which is a terrible scene. That was surprising. Yes. Um, I feel the worst for him because, you know, technically he's just an unbeliever that dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, um, I'm trying to think. So then... This is where it really gets nuts. Um, the son goes to sleep. He doesn't know anything about his dad dying. He wakes up. His mother's literally on the walls. Um, and uh, he kind of goes through the house, and she's quietly stalking him. Uh, and then she chases after him, and it freaks him out. He goes up to the attic, mm-hmm. and he finds his grandmother's body uh, with her head cut off upstairs with a bunch of flies around it which is terrible but uh in those notes of the god payment he enjoyed if people beheaded themselves and turned themselves over to him uh it was his um it was his kind of preferred way of uh blessing him or you know being pious towards him so that's what he enjoyed so charlie kind of um tries to make it through the house and see something he sees the body and then trips or something, and he falls out the window uh, on the second story out the attic and then falls to his death, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't understand. I thought he just fell, but obviously if you fell that high, you'd die. But you see a light go into him. And this whole time he was in the attic. Oh, that's what it is. He doesn't just trip. He sees his mother. He jumped out the window. Right. His mother is cutting her head off. She's like suspended in the air in the corner, cutting her head off with a piano wire. And, of course, this freaks him out. Again, that's because Payman likes it when people present themselves to him with their head cut mm-hmm. off. And so this literally freaks him out, and he stumbles backwards and falls out the window. He dies. You see a light go into him, which they've kind of set up before is the the uh, spirit kind of going, the Payman spirit kind of passing from person to person. Uh, but the, the light goes into him, uh, which I watched the, the last 20 minutes again. It's orchestrated really strangely. So he falls out the window. You can hear his mother. The sound design's amazing. I had headphones in, but you can hear the mother cutting her head off. When he falls into the garden or whatever, after he falls out the window, you hear her head hit the ground. 
then you see a shadow come over him and she floats into a treehouse that the family had built for the daughter, which is uh, is weird. You see her body float up there, headless. It's shot really kind of blurry, so you don't really know what's going on. Uh, the son wakes up in the garden and kind of um, in shock again goes towards the treehouse and um, walks up there and there's literally a altar type thing with candles he sees naked people in his yard before he goes up the ladder to the treehouse and when he gets up there something that I noticed was all the women were clothed but they were still bowing some of them had their heads on Um, but all the men were naked yeah, that I didn't even... Which, yeah. if you... When they were talking about pay men, you know, the idea that he liked a... He preferred a uh, male host, uh, that kind of makes sense. So he, I guess he feels that the male body is perfect, and the female body needs to be closed because it's impure or whatever. But off camera, they do a really sh- uh, tight shot of the sun, and someone says, we perfected your imperfect female body... Uh, hail payment you are now in your correct vessel and apparently charlie is now payment mm-hmm. uh and the movie ends with them saying uh you know hail payment hail and then it pulls out and you're in this small treehouse, and it is again a diorama just like his mother is made but the people are actually moving around and uh you know you you hear them chanting but it's shot just like the beginning of the film when it's you know, a diorama. So it does have this nice symmetry of whatever, but I mean, that's pretty much the movie. But like I said, I think it, I think it did grief, uh, really well. They painted her, the mother, uh, really well as being, uh, not crazy, but when you see her go to the grief thing, the way she's talking about her family, she says, I'm the one to be blamed for all this, you know, cause it seems like she's the responsible one. And I mean, this is a really deep cut, but I, I was dating someone years and years ago who their family had a lot of problems. And she said, you know, it's really, there's so much responsibility on me. Um, There's so much responsibility that it's all on me, you know, that the rest of my family is messed up. And and so I kind of understand that pressure to, if she's the only one that's somewhat normal, she has to like keep everything alive and keep the facade going. So um, I don't know. I think it was a good examination of grief. And I think it was... You know, there's a lot of supernatural stuff in there, but it was very... Uh, it didn't really pull any punches, I think. You know, like like we talked, they showed really people really crying about their grief and really having a tough time with it. There's a good scene when Joan approaches Anne um, about what's going on, and Anne's like, oh, you know, my son drowned. And uh, the mother says, oh, my, my daughter was murdered. And there's this great shot of her kind of realizing, you know, it's like the first time she ever said that. Mm-hmm. First time she kind of realized that. By the way, I think Tony Collette should get all the awards. I think, I think she should have got one for that. She got like 15 of those. I don't know yeah. if that's possible to give out that many, but it was good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much a movie. And, and like I said, you don't see a lot of movies uh, be this upfront about grief. And yes, there's a lot of uh, supernatural stuff in there, which I enjoyed. I think it was a good mystery. It was good mm-hmm. to kind of piece together and find out what's going on. Like, oh, crap, this thing's coming after him. And the, Charlie's not good enough. And then obviously with the... The telephone pole was like a terrible inciting incident that, um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. You liked it very much? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shots were beautiful. It was well-directed, well-written. It sounded like a real, it felt like a real family. It was not dealing with grief, I guess. The uh, the kids in that movie did really 
well. Yeah, they were actually really good. The boy was so good. I guess he went to acting school with the person that played his sister. In real life, he said they went to acting school together. He said I was leaving and she was coming in. We had like one year together. I was a senior and she was a freshman or something. So they actually knew each other. And then he said the guy who played his father, Gabriel Burns, had actually played his father in another show. So he said it was this weird thing of Kismet where he's playing my father again and then this, you know, woman I know is playing my younger sister. And mm-hmm. I knew her at school and had a relationship with her. So he said it was really weird how everything kind of came together. So, um, yeah, so it seemed like a family. Yeah, now, now everybody wants to know, like, obviously what's next. Um, and I think... I don't know. Check it out. Uh, I know I've ruined the movie, <laughs> but I think when I said spoiler warning, the idea was that hopefully you guys would go watch this and then we can all talk about it together. I think it's good. Uh, let me know what you think or if you have any other kind of uh, suggestions for other horror movies, uh, let me know. Maybe good ones that actually have to deal with grief because, again, I'm kind of sick of seeing people break down their kitchen and then go serve people uh, cupcakes or something. That's Yeah, it's very, very... Um... On the nose, you know, as far as like what movies like to do. Yeah, they, I mean, and some of that I understand they're trying to do it quickly, but I just get sick of that same scene where someone breaks down in the closet or break down later. And then uh, I want to see, I mean, I want to see someone cry, like actually break down and say, this, she, I don't like this. Yeah. And she did that. Yeah. A lot. And uh-huh. it was, it was good. It yeah. was, it was really well. It was, it was really good. So yeah. So I think that's it this week, guys. Um, I'm not going to say next week because we're actually recording things ahead and we're trying to move the schedule around a bit but that'll be it for this week and i guess next week you'll just have to be surprised so deal with that so let me just do the outro so remember this will hit my uh website www.gamewithgroove.com monday morning at 7 a.m go there leave me a comment let me know what you think of the show Um, or you can go to itunes like subscribe give me some stars Uh, let me know what you think of the show there um and mostly I talk about gaming-related stuff, like card games, board games, things like that. But, uh, you know, I had to do the spooky movie thing. I had to do this because I think it was a good representation of grief. Um, or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.